Yeah, so I brought every book up here with me. We'll see what happens. I wrote the outline, and then um, I looked at my roommate, Anna, and said, Anna, I don't, I don't know what's going on. And then she said, ask Spirit, like, what, like what's going on? Like, why don't you feel good about it? And um, Spirit said, probably because you're trying to structure it too hard. So we're now going to ditch the outline. Yeah. Thank you, Anna. Um, but I do know what I want to start with, which is a story. Um, so the day that Michael proposed, um, I know, it's not an engagement story. It's, it's, you're going to be OK. OK, so uh, what was exciting is, so I'm clueless. I don't know what's going on. And um, I'm really, like, that was like a full week for me. So if you can imagine, like, there's people in town that I'm not aware of. And I, so my roommate, Kara, is, like, coming with me to run errands to make sure that I stay on track that day. So she's coming with me. And as we're walking in, I run into my friend, Kylie Ballinger, who's from Arizona, who now lives in Pennsylvania, who happens to be walking out of this Target at the same time that I am. And I go into shock, because I'm like, Kylie, what are you doing here? And she's like, hi. <laughs> and I, like, just in pure shock, I'm like, oh my gosh. And then we, like, she comes up with a good cover story. But then I'm walking through this Target, I'm coming out of shock. And OK, so picture it with me, everyone. We're in the home section. There's towels on our right. There's bedding on our left. And I'm coming out of shock. And the only thing that I have to say is, Kara, we are in God's favor. <laughs> like, whoa, we are in God's favor. <laughs> and she's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, if you have any idea what's going on. But what really struck me in all of this as I'm exhorting the Magnolia section is like, <laughs> is like, I try so hard to orchestrate my life, you know? And it's not a bad thing. I, I orchestrate my life because I like upkeep responsibility and I want my schedule to run and I need to get things done. And it's not bad, but I'm sitting there, I'm like, God loves us so much. He gives us things we didn't even know we could ask for. I just ran into Kylie Ballinger, who like I never get to see at such a time as this. And I could not have orchestrated that. I could not have orchestrated that. I just haven't. Like, God lined it up, and I got to see her, and it's amazing. Um, meanwhile, Kylie's in her car. She's like, God, I asked for one thing, and you did not fulfill that. <laughs> Was to avoid Jaslyn today, um, but it was amazing. It's really, it's like reminded me, ever since then, like we really are in God's favor. You know, we're His children. He gives us good gifts that we didn't even know we could ask for, or He gives it to us before we could even ask for it, and um, we get so worked up trying to orchestrate. And it's okay that He gives us good gifts and that He's providing for us before we can even know what we're asking for. So I just. Tonight, we're going to talk more about baptism in the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. And I just want to acknowledge it's okay if we don't know what we're asking for. That's like part of the beauty in that. Um, so we can trust God because we're going to return to this over and over again. The person that we're trusting is a person. It's God 
who we know to be faithful. We know that he has good things for us. He works all things for our good, even the hard things that we experience. He's working it for our good. He's allowing it for our good. It's a person that we have come to know, love, trust. We've seen his faithfulness, and so it's going to be okay. So um, thank you, Olivia. Um, baptism in the Holy Spirit. I just, there's a lot of ways that we like phrase this, go back to it. Michael did an awesome job. Um, I was just thinking back to like when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I was a sophomore in college. Um, at least I think. Maybe it happened before, maybe after. I don't really know. But I was a sophomore in college, and I think, you know, on Fan to Flame, they give the talk where they use the chocolate milk analogy, right? So it's like, you are milk. <laughs> You're white milk. And, um, so, okay, so by baptism, you're given your identity in Christ, right? So you're milk. And then confirmation, you're given the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. So that's the chocolate. And baptism in the Holy Spirit is meant to stir that up, to make it cohesive, to make it one, so that anything that is settled at the bottom is no longer settled at the bottom. It is stirred to life. Okay, I've seen that in my life. I have seen that so actively in my life because I look back and I'm like, yeah, I was baptized. I had an identity. I was confirmed. I was excited to get confirmed. I wasn't living life with Christ. I was not living life with Christ. I had no idea. I hadn't experienced the love of God. And so in summary, like if there's the simplest, which we don't need simple, but the simplest way I could articulate baptism in the Holy Spirit is an experience of the love of God. And we're gonna, we just need to keep coming back to that. Like when it gets complicated, it's not complicated. It's simple. What are the gifts of the Spirit? It's experiencing the love of God. Why are we bringing people into baptism in the Holy Spirit? So that they can experience the love of God. And I was reading in one of the many books I have here, um, can, like, when Paul is talking about the gifts of the Spirit, he's, he's like speaking with an expectation that these Christians have experienced the love of God. And the thing that I wrote in the book two years ago was, can we expect that today? Like, can we expect that people have experienced the love of God? I don't know. I don't think so. I didn't until a sophomore in college. I hadn't had an experience. I had a knowledge, but not an experience. And so that's the beauty of what we're doing, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And what I love about it is baptism in the Holy Spirit is an asking for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God himself, his presence here with us today. So in asking for a greater outpouring of the Spirit and asking for more of his presence in my life. I can do that over and over and over and over again. It's never going to get old. And the best part about that is we're stirring the chocolate milk, and you can keep stirring it. Like, us using our gifts is a continual stirring so that it doesn't settle. Okay, I'm going to read. This is why I brought the phone up. I'm going to read a quote. Okay, Cardinal Suen says, little by little, religious writing becomes more reticent on the matter. 
the perceptibility of the Spirit's manifestations within the ecclesial community, the church, lessened as faith grew weak and Christianity was more and more taken for granted instead of embraced as a way of life. Yet, although these manifestations were no longer evident on a large scale, they were still to be found wherever faith was lived intensely. The Spirit's manifestation within the church lessened as faith grew weak and Christianity was more and more taken for granted instead of embraced as a way of life. Although these manifestations were no longer evident on a large scale, they were still to be found wherever faith was lived intensely. We know a lot of people that call themselves Christians, but like you don't see the manifestation of love in their life, like the experience of love in their life. That's what's missing in our church today. So us practicing the gifts is because we need it. We need to experience God's love. We need people to experience it. It needs to be a way of life. It can't just be like a title. It needs to be a way of life. Christianity needs to be a way of life that we live out. Okay. I don't know why I'm looking at the outline. I don't need the outline. I said I wasn't going to use the outline. <laughs> I know. Just like a quick lens. Um, okay. So the gifts, gifts of the Spirit, baptism of the Holy Spirit, it is all manifestations of God's love. And I was like reflecting on it recently. I'm just going to look at this, Anna. You're holding me accountable. I'm just looking at this so I name all the gifts. Um, okay, so there's nine. Prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues, knowledge, wisdom, discernment of spirits, faith, miracles, healing. I was reflecting on them, and I was like, they're so mysterious. That's because God's mysterious. Why do I struggle with them sometimes? Well, because I love to understand. I'm a human who wants to understand. I love control. I'm a human. My human condition loves control. And, and the gifts don't work in control. They don't work in complete understanding. But this was something, just side fun facts, God totally knocked me upside the head last semester because I really want understanding. I want full knowledge and understanding. What he spoke to me is you do not just, like understanding is actually a gift of the spirit. You're not entitled to it. It's a gift of the spirit. It's okay if we don't understand everything. We can pray for that too from the Holy Spirit. That's a side note. Okay, so I'm like reflecting on the gifts. I'm trying to understand them in context of God's love. And... I'm like brought to, it makes sense to me if somebody's having an experience of God's love, baptism in the Holy Spirit, experience of God's love. God's love is overwhelming, right? He has an overwhelming love for us. So when somebody experiences like tears as a result of that, that makes sense to me. That makes so much sense to me. If they experience like an overwhelming joy, that makes a lot of sense because that's, like, God, your, under, your experience of God's love, I bet, is overwhelming in the most joyful way. Um, people being inspired to praise, that makes a lot of sense to me. 
And so I think we can overcomplicate the gifts as like, ah. <laughs> but actually, it makes a lot of sense. And we're not using like those as measurements or like the outcome that we're striving for, but they're really indi good indications that somebody's experiencing God's love. And so in reflecting on it, I was just thinking about it, and um, the gifts, God's pouring out his love, and they correlate directly to heaven. So what a gift. Like, God's pouring out his gifts. It's a manifestation of, like, heaven coming down to earth. So I just, like, I'll walk you through my thought process here. <laughs> okay. So God gives you the gift of tongues. Tongues is inspired praise. We don't always understand it. That's okay. But tongues is inspired praise. So you experience God's love outpoured. You receive inspired praise. In heaven, all we're going to do is praise God. So you get a heavenly reality here on earth as a gift to you. And it's like heaven becoming more full on earth. Okay, prophecy. You're receiving God's truth, right? You're receiving his, his truth and you're speaking it into the world. That is heaven lived out more fully right here on earth. Healing. In heaven, healing. You're in perfect union with God. You have the health of heaven over you. So when somebody receives the gift of healing, it is heaven fulfilled on earth. Is this connecting? Is this making sense? So I was just like, whoa. The gifts are literally God's love outpoured that we would experience more unity with him and like a heavenly reality here on this side. Is everyone tracking? Kingdom of heaven's out of hand. Um, okay, so gifts are a manifestation flowing from the experience of God's love. Is everyone with me on that? Yes. It feels like it should be a more joyful response, and I see a lot of tuning out. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you, Abigail. Um, okay. Get water. I'm going to ask you this question. What can we do to make baptism in the Holy Spirit happen or like gifts happen? Okay, you can ask. Anna. You can't do anything about it. You can let it happen. Nothing. That's a good answer, Laura. Um, she said, exercise the gifts you've been given. Um, okay, I totally planted Anna in the audience. It's nothing. <laughs> um, all your answers are correct. You can let it happen. Um, you can exercise the gifts you've been given. But there's nothing that we can do to, like, make gifts happen. Um, there's nothing we can do to make baptism and the Holy Spirit happen. All we can do is receive. And so, like, my biggest emphasis in all of this is all you can do is receive. In order to receive, you need humility, right? Because if you wanted to receive, even the act of receiving, you would have to let go of things so that your hands can be open. So humility means you'd have to let go. You'd have to empty yourself. Humility equates to emptiness. You have to empty yourself of, like, control, you have to empty yourself of pride. You have to empty ourselves of like 
expectation or knowledge or like what we think should happen. So in order to receive, we have to empty ourselves. Receiving and emptiness takes humility. So we need to ask for the gift of humility. I brought this book up here because it has a really cool analogy. Oh, I know. Yeah. Um, I, so this is in chapter two. So it hits you hard like right away, which is really fun. I just thought this was like a great analogy for this. It says humility is as important as insulation in electricity. So the higher the level of current that goes through a wire, the thicker and more efficient the insulation needs to be. So it's relating um, spirit, your connection with God, like spirit manifestation of God. If you want that to be a strong current, you need a thicker coat of insulation to protect that. So you need a thicker coat of humility. So humility is always going to be something that we need like to continually be asking for, checking ourselves on. Okay. So I was thinking about it myself. I don't actually think I'm that good at receiving. I don't know if you want to like take a mental check for yourself. I'm not going to make everyone raise their hands. Um, but like, I could ask who in here is like good at receiving. <laughs> it's hard. Receiving's hard. Receiving takes humility. Receiving's really hard. Um, I think about like receiving from God. That's one thing. I think about receiving from my brothers and sisters. That's a whole other thing. Um, but it, a lot of times it's like depends on the season that I'm in. Depends on the mood that I'm in. Depends on if I already, like sometimes you guys, I get in my head, I'm like, I've already received from so-and-so and so-and-so, and so now I'm just going to like take back control in these other areas of my life because I at least fulfilled it over here. You know, like, depends on the thing because I'm very human. So, like, I just want to acknowledge that, like, I, Jaslyn, am not always good at receiving. It probably depends on a lot of factors, and so we need to, like, come into awareness of those factors in order to gain, like, humility and the ability to receive so that spirit can work through us. Oh, <clears throat> so I think in that too, last year at Fan Into Flame, so in thinking about receiving, um, I like a, a lot of time my prayer is like, Lord, I want to be a vessel for you. Please empty me so that I may be a vessel for you. And so like going into like praying, receiving God's gift, right? I want to be a vessel for you, so please empty me. And I might have to, like, empty myself of things. Like, please take away, like, the things that I think should happen. Please empty me of that. Please take away my pride. Empty me of that. Please take away my, like, I'm good at this. Please empty me of that. Um, and the reason for that is last fan into flame, I think I had just, like, this real, like, God spoke a word to me, um, that I needed a renewal in being reverent to his power. And it came to me in kind of a strange way, but I'm so grateful for it. 
the, the phrase trembling grips the impious just kept coming over me. Trembling grips the impious. Impious is irreverent. Trembling grips the irreverent. And he was saying, Jaslyn, be reverent to my power. And what's wild to me is God, think about this. God, all-powerful God, can do anything, but isn't going to force anything on us. None of the gifts he forces on us. He waits for us to receive. He waits for us to take humility to say, God, will you do this for me? Will you do this for my brother and sister? Will you show us your love? He waits for us. He's not going to overpower you. He is the all-powerful God who can do anything, and he chooses to manifest himself through us. What is that? That's amazing. He's choosing to manifest himself through us. What? Why does he do that? So that people would experience his love. And a big thing is actually like receiving the gifts is an act of deployment. So this is like really exciting. Anna Turk and I have been talking about it. Um, that in receiving a gift, you get to be, like we talk about being like the hands and the feet of Christ. We talk about being like the mouth for Christ. Gifts are like a very tangible way of being deployed to do that. You're bringing God's love manifest into the world. So like, I don't know, when the gifts were being explained to me, I, I've been in several settings where it's like, ask. Like, asking you shall receive. You have a father who wants to give you good things. There's Bible verses on, like, the, how many Bible verses come to mind about God who wants to give you good things? But in all of that, He's giving you good things. Like, I think I get stuck on that because it's like, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know what to ask for. What am I asking for? And then all of a sudden it becomes like, I'm just going to use this, like, it becomes a resume thing. Because now my mind's going through, well, which gifts have I already exercised and which ones do I want to add so that I'm like a really well-rounded person? Or like, which one do I want to be really good at because I actually view that as more powerful? Or which one do I think will so-and-so will find more impactful and I'll be like lifted up higher in their mind? You know, like gifts can become like a resume thing for us, but actually if we view gifts through the, the eyes of deployment, like I have the privilege of being God's hands and feet to the person in, next, like in front of us, actually the question is, like you should ask for the gifts, but for the sake of the person in front of you. Like, God, would you give me the gift of prophecy so that my sister Emily knows your truth? God, would you give me the gift of knowledge so that my brother in front of me, Nathan, knows that you love him and that you see him. God, would you give me the gift of expressive praise that I may exalt you higher than myself? Like every gift is like an act of deployment. So when, it, when we say like you should ask for the gift, it's for the sake of the body. Like gifts are for the upbuilding of the body and we can do that in a very tangible way. When we're praying over someone, we're saying, God, give me your heart for this person. And I love that because connect the dot, full circle here. John was just talking about in the new covenant, God promises to give us a new heart, to write the law on a new heart. What is he doing there? He's giving us a tangible new heart. So when you go to pray, you can say, God, give me your heart for the person in front of me. God, give me your heart for this body. And all of a sudden, you start to see the fruit of that 
as you're developing the gift of prophecy, you see it manifest more, more readily, strongly. The current is growing. The insulation keeps humility stronger, better. Am I connecting all the dots? Is it working? <laughs> okay, that's great. Um, so I think what I would want us to walk away from here tonight is like the, the, the gift of belief. Um, to have expectant faith that God has great gifts for us that we can ask, but for the sake of the other, that this would be an upbuilding of the body, that we would be manifesting God's love. We, we would have an experience of God's love. We would be asking for God's heart for the person in front of us that they would experience his love. And that we would understand that all of this is simpler than we think. We don't have to overcomplicate it. We don't have to have fear. Love casts out all fear. It's all about love, love of the Father. So there's no, there's no need for fear. It's not about us. It's not about what I think about it. It's not about what I want to happen. It's not about, um, it's not about me. And in that, like, as I was praying about that, I was like, God, but if, if like, it's not about me, then I don't want it to be like haphazard. And that's so good. I think in a lot of us, we're worried that like, it then becomes haphazard. Like, like all of a sudden it's just like a free-for-all. And it's not. Like we still get a responsibility to steward the gifts. Like just because it's not about me doesn't mean like I'm not filtering. Like I'm still in union with God. I'm still in conversation with him saying like, okay, God, I'm receiving this word. Is it still in union with your truth? Is it still like good, true, and beautiful? Does it align with scripture? Because I want to steward it well for the sake of the other. Another thing I love is like us, what we're doing here tonight is really important because our gift of belief blesses others. We need the gifts because the world needs the gifts of the spirit. We need the spirit so active among us. Um, our gift of belief affects other people's gift of belief. So this is, I keep coming back to this. Okay, gang, I lost it. It's over. <laughs> Dang it. I know. I know I do. I don't got it. It's gone. There was a bookmark here, I promise. Okay, but it's talking about how um, our gift of belief affects other people's gift of belief. And you can think of this in a very like tangible way. Like if you walk into an environment and there's like people who believe, you like are brought into like curiosity, right? Of like, oh, maybe that is true. There's like a whole body of people. Um, but it also is talking about how the spirit actually, because gifts are for the upbuilding of the body, the spirit prefers to work in the body. 
it's not that the spirit doesn't work for individuals, but like the spirit will always prefer to work for the sake of the body than just for an individual. So you'll see like in a group of people, um, the spirit, like more gifts will come out. That's, that's normal um, because the spirit works in like a communal sense. And so one of the ways, like as, like as I was reading that, and I know, okay, this is on recording. I'm going to just say it. Um, as I was reading it, I know this isn't the best analogy, but I think you guys are going to get it. So um, you know in Elf the movie? Yeah, you do. I know you do already. Um, so in Elf the movie, Santa's sleigh can move, and it can fly, but it takes off when the spirit of belief is high enough. Christmas cheer. Christmas cheer. Thank you. <laughs> I think they got that concept from, from God. Um, because, <laughs> I do. <laughs> because if you think about it, like, God's power is manifest in our, like, if we're giving him room and an avenue to be manifest. Like, if, and that's what I mean by, like, us being reverent to his power. If we're being reverent to his power and our spirit of belief in his power is very alive and real, then, like, he, like, spirit can soar. And I know that that's, like, a silly analogy, but, like, I don't know, you could, don't over, don't over scrupulize this, but, like, like, it's not that, like, this leg couldn't move, and it's not that it couldn't go, but like it had so much more freedom. It could take new heights. It could like, it, yeah, it just had much more freedom to move. And like God's power, like we give Him our belief in Him, our reverence to His power unleashes His power in a room. Our thanksgiving for the things that he's done. Dr. Mary Healy talked about this at Ascend. Our thanksgiving for what he has done, what he is doing, what he will do, unleashes a path for him to keep going, to keep moving in our body. And I want our body to be a body that like, is powered by, God, by God's power. I want us to be reverent. I want us to be a people that's reverent so that we are powered by God and not by ourselves. And the reason that I hit this home so much, like I'm just like, yeah, here I am off script. Um, humility is just so important in that because our, disp like, our disposition needs to be, God, I want to build your kingdom, not my own. And I'm willing to lay myself down to do that. And the tricky thing with that is that's a disposition of the heart, which is internal, which means we'll never see it. God sees it. God sees your disposition of heart. You could live the life externally. You could go through the motions and you could live the life. But internally, if your disposition is building your own kingdom, it'll never work. And that's an internal thing. I can't check you on that. God knows your heart. Praise God. <laughs> but we all have to have the humility to say, God, I want to build your kingdom more than I want to build my own kingdom, and I'm willing to lay myself down to do that. I'm willing to sacrifice my own understanding. I'm willing to sacrifice my control. I'm willing to step into this. I want to be reverent to your power so that you can do what you need to do here so that people have an experience of your love. They don't have an experience of me, Jaslyn, trying to have the perfect words. They have an experience and an encounter of your love. That's it. Those are the spiritual gifts. And so...
I wrote down an encouragement, so it didn't end. Okay. <laughs> My encouragement to all of you is um, we're familiar with God, right? Everyone in this room has had an encounter with God. We're familiar with his faithfulness. I'm asking you to step into trust of a father who you know is good, who you know has been faithful, who you know would not just trick you. But in all of it, in seeking, we're seeking his love. We're seeking his love for us and for each other. And so let's be a body that's reverent to his power and then surrender in humility. Lord, I want to build your kingdom, not my own. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.